past few years, we've heard the term free agents and been told we would all need to become one in order to succeed. The recent economic structures have helped to promote this concept as reality. Where do we get the tools to take control of our career path in the present and future? Welcome to The Career Confidant with your host, Marie Zimanoff. Marie and her guest experts are here to provide you with the tools you need to move forward and achieve your career goals. Now, here is Marie Zimanoff. Hello and welcome to The Career Confidant and we are glad that you joined us today and you are going to be glad that you joined us because today we have a special guest, Edward Gorbis, who is a coach but also the author of the book Unbreakable Mindset and Edward, you work with immigrants and first generational first-generation professionals who are, are trying to make their way in the world, and you're also, a, you know, a, a coach and interested in coaching. And we know that there's a lot of different types of coaches out there today, um, but you are a performance coach. So tell us a little bit about why performance and coaching is so meaningful to you. Yeah, absolutely. First of all, thank you so much for having me on today and hope everyone is having a great day. So as you mentioned, coaching has a lot of different meanings and there's a lot of different types of coaches. And what I discovered throughout my career and kind of my immigrant upbringing is that there's a lot of people who are of the immigrant background. They're first gen, second gen, and many folks like myself have never necessarily had the kind of the skill sets, the, the like, hand-holding, the arm-locking that you need in order to really understand how to be successful in the American culture, in the American workplace. And I've had my own ups and downs throughout my career. I've done a lot of different things. But what I found the most fulfilling for me, and particularly last year in 2020 at the onset of the pandemic, was that I fundamentally loved helping people. And I specifically wanted to help and really empower people of a similar background to thrive uh, and to live the life that they want by both giving them the mindset coaching as well as all the necessary kind of skill sets and tools that couple with being able to operate through an empowered state. So whether it be negotiating in a workplace or learning how to negotiate with clients or whether it's learning how to effectively network with people. These are all skill sets that I had to figure out on my own. There's no playbook for it. It was very difficult as a kid who moved here from Ukraine, having to kind of assimilate to American culture coupled with assimilate uh, to kind of the lifestyle while also having this immigrant upbringing at home. So you kind of have two different worlds that you're living and playing with throughout the day. And I'm sure there are many people who can empathize with this. And that being said, I love to help anyone. Uh, it's just what I found, at least as I've started my coaching practice, to really be the sweet spot of who I work with. Yeah, so you've done quite a bit of research on this idea of, of mindset. Tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, absolutely. So I've been fascinated with how we think, how we show up in the world since I was a little kid. Uh, I kind of noticed that people react to things differently. People look at the same thing in nature differently, right? We react to things at work in a very different way, even to the same event. 
So I've always been fascinated with how we show up, how we behave, why some people are able to exponentially achieve a lot more than the next person. Uh, somebody I always am fascinated with is Elon Musk, for example. Uh, he had a very unique childhood and upbringing, and many people obviously equate him to Tesla and all of his other endeavors, but I've always been fascinated with the mind and how people react and operate and show up in the world. So I spent a lot of time throughout my career really working on my own mindset, whether it be through reading psychology books, whether it be reading uh, neuroscience or spirituality. And I realized there's a lot of overlap across all of these studies, right? Some of it's kind of science, some of it's spirituality. People might think that's a little bit woo-woo, but there's a lot of interesting overlap. And if anyone's ever read the book Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, there's a lot of good things to distill there. And that book really sparked this mindset work for me. And what I've done is basically taken everything I've learned over the last, call it 10, 15 years of my corporate career and packaged it up into my own uh, program, into my own book that, as you mentioned, Unbreakable Mindset, where I really distill how do we make this actionable in terms of changing our mindset. So often we'll hear... Do you have a growth mindset? Do you have a fixed mindset? Mindset matters. Just change your mindset. I hope and I'm sure some of these phrases kind of um, resonate with people. But that being said, oftentimes we're never given the actual tool. Like how do you go through mindset change? How do you show up differently tomorrow and differently the next day and show up in a way where you're actually able to take the real action to get to wherever it is you want to go and achieve whatever goal you have in your life. And so many people are unfortunately stuck, right? They're kind of walking through the same behavior and telling themselves the same story every single day. And again, through learning all this, they're doing the work myself. And again, it's an ever going ongoing personal development journey. But for me, it's really about empowering more people. So Thank you for asking that question because it's something that I, I love to talk about and something that means a tremendous amount to my practice. Yeah, so I, obviously it's it's deeper than this, but what are your top two tips for people to actually change their mindset? So if, if you know we get past the cliches, what what are some of the things that you have found make a difference? Yeah. Good question. So it's always hard to distill it down into two, but I will do my best. So one of the first things I'll tell you is that if you want to change your life, you have to change your belief system. And what that really means is that whatever we believe is what we see in the world. So uh, let's avoid divisive topics, but one person can love the beach. Another person cannot love the beach, Right. And at a surface level, that seems very simple. But the reality is there's underlying beliefs that we've all constructed in the first seven years of our lives. So 95% of our beliefs have been formed in our subconscious in the first seven years of our lives. So if somebody were to have maybe a poor experience when they went to the beach with their family when they were super young, they might have a certain 
kind of perception of what the beach is or something might have happened there. And then maybe you or I, again, I don't know if you love the beach, but let's say you do. And you and I love the beach, so we, we enjoy it. We have a great relationship with it. It's a very simplistic example. And what that really tells us is that everything that we see, everything we react to in the world is predicated on what we believe. And a lot of those beliefs are formed on when we're really young. So when we go through mindset work, if somebody's trying to change and take real action, the first step is really uncovering our belief system. Like literally taking a piece of paper and writing down, here's everything I believe and whether or not it's true, right? It's here's everything I believe and your mind has now been programmed to find all the supporting evidence in the world to reinforce your beliefs. So the way to change that which I'll call step number two is to imagine whatever it is you want to believe going forward. I love the beach or I love everyone or I believe everyone's equal, right? Those are new beliefs that we can reprogram and rewire our mind. Our mind is very plastic and we're able to actually change what we believe and change how we operate. It doesn't happen overnight. It's, consistent work. We always have to understand that uh, we can always succumb to past beliefs, but we can rewire how we think and we can completely change who we are. The way to do that is to write these new empowering beliefs and start writing new supporting evidence that exists in our life to actually say these beliefs are real. It's a much deeper discussion, but at a very high level, that is the premise behind it. So what new empowering beliefs do you want in your life? And what new supporting evidence do you have to support those beliefs? And through that, you're going to start to change kind of the neurosynaptic connections in your brain. So to really summarize that, unpack your current belief system and start to roll out what new beliefs you want to have in the world to start taking action that align with those new beliefs yeah like you said it's a it's a process and it's a constant process we had a guest i don't know maybe a year ago who talked about how most of our beliefs are built on stories we made up in the first place like a lot of the things we think happened didn't happen the way that we remember them right there our memory is not great at telling us the story the way that it really happened. And so I find that kind of liberating, this idea that a lot of our beliefs about ourselves and about others are based on stories that aren't true anyways. So we might as well rewrite the story to, as you're saying, a belief that helps us move forward um, because the story likely wasn't what we thought it was in the first place. And so we're telling a story, telling ourselves stories that hurt our confidence or hurt our chances of moving forward. Um, and we believe them to be true, but they really aren't true very often anyway. So I don't know if you found any of that in your research. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I actually love that you brought up that point because uh, to, to kind of expand on what I was saying coupled with what you just brought up is that the reason our mind tells us these stories is because our brain is kind of like a search engine. So imagine your brain being like Google or YouTube, and it's only able to recall what you ask it. So if you kind of start asking yourself better questions, right, a lot of people say like, 
I'm not good enough, or why can't I achieve this, or why can't I make more money, your brain is literally going to find all the supporting evidence it's ever experienced in its search engine to support that question, to support that belief. So to your point, how do we tell ourselves better stories? Start asking yourself better questions. How can I make more money? How can I get a better job? How can I start living a healthier lifestyle? You're going to find answers to those questions because they're definitely stored in your brain. We just haven't been able to tap into them because we're not asking the right question. Mm. That is powerful. Start telling yourself better stories by asking yourself better questions. So we are going to take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to dive in a little bit further into this topic and that the idea of beliefs and, and performance coaching. At, we're going to take a short break and we'll be back in just a few minutes. America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Today, expertise equals credibility. When you know what to do and how to do it, people follow because they acknowledge that you know more. However, stepping up in your career eventually pushes you out of your comfort zone of expertise. How you lead at those moments requires new skills. We're here to show you how to survive and thrive. Join me, Wanda Wallace, on Out of the Comfort Zone at Voice America Business Channel. You can find more information at Leadership Forum INC. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Hello and welcome back to The Career Confidant and we're glad that you're here today and if you've decided to be glad to be here today, you are too. So (laughs) today we are talking with Edward Gorbis about mindset and really the power of our beliefs And, and we were just talking about this idea that the stories we have in our head make our reality and that to get better stories, we can ask ourselves better questions. Anything else that you would want to add to that um, kind of point there around the power of belief systems? I think you said it and summarized it perfectly, Marie, so we can continue. Excellent. So you've obviously worked with uh, clients of, and you said, you know, diverse clients, but oftentimes people that are facing some significant challenges um, in the in the workplace or in their life being the immigrants or, or whatever they might have going on. So tell us some of the times, some of the instances where you've seen mindset really be transformational for these, for your clients. 
Yeah, absolutely. So there's a million examples that I can pull up, and we all struggle with this at different points in our lives. Obviously, the last year has been impactful in many ways for people and in different ways. So first of all, I empathize the fact that mental health is more prevalent than ever. Uh, but with that being said, I think it's important to highlight how this works and how asking yourself the right questions really allows you to take the right action and get clarity on whatever it is you want to achieve. So there's somebody I was working with about two years ago. She was this incredible rock star. She was based in L.A. At the time, she was working for a company that was based in New York. So she was in a small remote satellite office. She was a hard worker. She achieved a lot. But when you're working in a satellite office, and the reason I bring up this example is because many people right now are working remotely. And I, I find it somewhat similar. But for her, she was extremely keen on on getting promoted and landing a leadership role. But first of all, she was telling herself two stories. One how am I going to get promoted when I'm working in a remote office? Uh, I'm never seen. Nobody hears or sees what I'm doing. Nobody knows my accomplishments, right? These are the stories she began to tell herself. So that was part one. And the second part, she, like many people, was telling herself that she's not worthy. And she started to come up with all of these, what we might deem as excuses, but I like to call them actual stories because that's all they are. And she found all the negative supporting evidence in her life to support that. So when we were going through the the basic, and I don't want to simplify it, but the, the basic kind of work that we were going through around mindset, and I asked her, well, what would you need to do to to be seen or heard or for people to understand your accomplishments when you're based in a satellite office? And she paused and thought, and she tapped in to her own set of questions and her own new empowering beliefs that we had been working through and through understanding that there's more than enough supporting evidence in her life that she is, in fact, worthy. And she's done a lot and she's accomplished a lot and people do recognize her. She was able to ask one very important question. And I'll pause there for a second and say that oftentimes we ask ourselves a million questions a day, but through mindset work, the beauty of it is, is that we end up asking ourselves one or two questions that give us so much clarity and we're able to take the right action to get us to where we actually want to go. And instead of asking herself all these defeating questions, she simply asked, not me, but more so her immediate managers, could she spend more time in New York? This is when we could travel still. But she asked if she could spend more time in New York, develop a relationship with kind of executive leadership at the company, and really demonstrate and highlight who she is, what she's about. And she got the green light. It was literally that simple to be able to travel. Now, she still had to go and do the work and prove herself. But she had convinced herself that she would never be seen simply because of location. And ultimately, she did the work. She was seen. She was a rock star. I personally knew that, but she had to believe it, and she had to act through that belief system. So I think it's a really important lesson to remember 
that when we're asking ourselves what different action can we take or what haven't we tried, the worst thing that can happen is somebody says no in case of there is a second party. But most of the time, it's about us asking ourselves the right questions to lead us to a different action and one that's a lot more empowered. So for her, it was literally that simple. It seems simplistic, but she was so fogged and masked up by these limiting beliefs that kept creeping up in her life that she wasn't able to take the right action. And when she did, she got the results she wanted. Right, and this is kind of goes back to that neuroscience that our brain is trained somewhat to, to look for the negative, to look for the things that we can't do. And if we don't really consciously sit down and, and focus on what could we do, we get stuck in that negative cycle. Exactly. So uh, one thing I'll caveat and say, it's important to be aware of the fact that we're still human and that we are a bit animalistic in the sense that we need to survive. So naturally our brains are pre-wired to have that survival instinct. We're always going to do whatever it is we need to do to be able to survive. But the reality is most of us, and I'm assuming most people listening, uh, are fortunately in a position where they're not necessarily struggling to just survive. And if they are, I completely empathize with that. But those who aren't and are fortunate to put food on the table, have a roof over their head, you're in a position to realize you're, not, you're no longer fighting for survival, that these limiting beliefs can be changed and in fact should be changed if we want to live a more empowered life because we're not fighting for survival anymore like we used to be. Mm, Yeah. And sometimes we might even feel like we're fighting for survival. Perhaps, you know, people are unemployed and they are struggling. And, and yet even in that situation, there's an opportunity to get more creative about how we solve that problem by challenging yeah, that absolutely. that by challenging that basal biology, right? <laughs> exactly. And, and that's a really good point. And one idea and suggestion, a very simple one, is that if you are struggling to find a role, and again, this is where that opportunity to ask yourself slightly different and empowered questions about quite literally around how else can I generate revenue or income for myself? And the beauty of the internet is that we have the creator economy right now where we can create and help and freelance and do so many different things to generate income. So again, start asking yourself slightly different questions to give yourself permission to take different action. Mm. Yeah. And oftentimes we might think, oh, that's a waste of time because it's taking me away from my my job search. And that, you know, the limiting belief there is that I can only do one thing at a time or, you know, whatever that might be. (laughs) So we we have to fight those um, what ifs and it's not going to work because is. (laughs) So what what are some of the top advice that you give to young or ambitious professionals who are trying to find a different perspective during these uncertain times. Absolutely. So to your point is that we only have a fixed amount of time throughout the day. 
So when we recognize that the only common asset that we really have with everyone else in the world is time, we can ask ourselves, how do we utilize time efficiently and effectively? And that doesn't necessarily mean how do I work or learn 24 hours a day, but it simply means how can I align the best with whatever it is I want to achieve in the life I want to live to take the action that I want to take? And that was a question that I wish I was asked because way too often, and especially if you're an immigrant, first gen, second gen, you, you might be able to empathize with this story where a lot of parents will kind of nudge or push you into going into the lawyer, doctor, engineer route. I personally went the engineering route and it's not always necessarily an open mind, right? It's almost you have these three freeways you can go down to be successful. But the fact is there's an infinite amount of ways to be quote unquote successful. So define what success is for yourself. Ask yourself, where do you want to invest time? And the biggest piece of advice I'll say is never stop learning. Um, Very often I see people kind of post-college, maybe post-grad school, put down books or put down podcasts. And to me, uh, I believe in being a student for life. So continue learning. It's always going to help you thrive and, and kind of innovate and advance and adapt. And if the last year has taught us anything, is that we have to adapt more than ever. Mm. Yeah, and learning looks different for every phase of life, right? It doesn't mean that we have to be taking an online course. And sometimes people jump on those things before they've really thought about how does this align with what I'm what I'm trying to do right now. And then you get even more frustrated or scattered or, or waste to that time, to your point, not waste, but not use it in the most uh, efficient manage- manner or conscious manner towards the goal that we want to achieve. So how can people connect with and, and follow you, Edward? Yeah, absolutely. So thank you for asking. My, my coaching practice is called Career Meets World. So you can slide over to careermeetsworld.com. That's where you can easily grab a free copy of The Unbreakable Mindset. Uh, You can find me on LinkedIn. And I also have my own podcast called Career Meets World. So wherever you listen to podcasts, you can certainly check it out there. Excellent. So careermeetsworld.com, Edward Gorbis, we really appreciate your time, Edward. Uh, One of our sponsors for this show is Career Thought Leaders, and tomorrow they are releasing their annual white paper on trends for careers. So as you're talking, it's like, oh, this is all, you know, coming together and fitting together because, of course, in the past year, as you said, concerns about, about mental health and even about diversity and the way that we all learn and think and and move our careers forward has evolved greatly in just one year. So I'm excited to always keep learning from your guests, my guests, and I really appreciate you coming to spend your time. And if you're interested, um, again, that white paper release webinar is free tomorrow, and we're going to be talking about what's coming up next in the career space with our, our colleagues at Career Thought Leaders. So thank you again for joining us, Edward, and we'll be right back here on The Career Confidant. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. 
know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Simonoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Today we live in a truly global environment. Business can more easily be conducted now in almost any part of the world. How do you, as a business owner or professional, navigate the ever-changing business landscape? Tune in to Leadership Beyond Borders with host Kimberly J. Lewis. With a worldwide resource of guests, you'll find out what opportunities and challenges surround diverse and virtual organizations. Listen live every Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at astrategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Hello and welcome back to The Career Confidant. And I just enjoyed having Edward Gorbis here talking about his unbreakable mindset and um, excellent tips there for actually practically thinking about how we reshape our, our beliefs. So I've been up to my eyeballs this past week in our career trends. Every year in November, we do a trends event where we gather trends from career service providers all across the globe. And we have people from Europe and Australia that participate. And then, of course, across the U.S. and Canada. And uh, just, you know, it's interesting looking back on 2020 and looking at, at the trends, and we always look at the new. So what's new that's come onto the scene this year? And 2020 wasn't great, right? I got to admit that writing this paper and going through all of the new kind of reliving um, 2020 has not been <laughs> perhaps a great start, 2021. And so many lessons that we can learn and take forward and a reconnection to a few important things that perhaps we had lost in our working life, working world, that perception of our work, that importance of human connection. You know, there's so many people that in 2019, we talked about remote work and there was this longing, (laughs) this longing for remote work. And now people are like, eh, yep, I like it. It's okay, but I need people. And most people are in that boat of, yes, I like remote work. I like the flexibility, but I also want the opportunity to connect with colleagues more in person. We're done with Zoom. We're done (laughs) We're done with some of those things, and we're ready for more variety in our work, please. And this new remote 
work being shoved on us has also brought up some great advances in technology. People doing things via technology that we didn't think were possible or that maybe we knew were possible, but we didn't really have the prod to to do it that fast, telemedicine, lots more people working from home. And yet we know that there are a lot of people that can't work from home. The global data shows 60% of people or, or more aren't able to work from home because of the job they do or the technology access that they have. And what does that do? How do we incorporate that and bring that together into this this society? Because one of the other things we've learned over this time is how valuable every single job is in our society. Um, from, you know, the, the people that are cleaning the facilities that we do use and the people creating the technology that we're using to connect with each other. And all of those those jobs provided so much value that we don't want to lose that and m- mistakenly sweep that back under the rug as we move forward into this, this year of 2021. And as Edward was talking about, mental health took a, a front seat this year. People really thinking about it and leaders thinking about how they can lead with more empathy and connect to their team members better. We don't want to lose that either because that was always true to some extent. In fact, the numbers before the pandemic, so the 2019 numbers, showed that 60% of people experienced loneliness before the pandemic. And so we've got to do a better job. We've got to continue to do a better job and to learn from that and move it forward and connecting and paying attention to our own and each other's mental health and there's some simple ways to do that that I feel like are impressed upon me today to, to just help us remember with everything going on in the world and in the U.S. with our political unrest that it's, it's important to stop and breathe. Sounds simple and little, but most of us don't do it well. <laughs> very often during the day. And there's a few different ways that we can do that. I'm a fan of the four, seven, eight breathing technique and simple that you breathe in for four, hold for seven, and breathe out for eight. Now the important piece here for some of us mouth breathers in the room is that you got to make sure you do it through your nose because that is where that breathing really connects the nerves and and our diaphragm and we do a better job of kind of clearing, taking in and then clearing through our nose. So make sure that if you want to try that four, seven, eight technique, you do it through your nose, kind of relax your tongue on the roof of your mouth. And this comes from Dr. Andrew Wheel, W-E-I-L. You can Google it and watch him walk you through it if you want. He's got a great YouTube video. But I'd encourage you to find some ways on a daily basis to connect to your body and, and breathe. It's interesting. I haven't done a great job of trying it but when he in his video he talks about how it puts people to sleep 
in a few minutes. So if you're struggling going to sleep at night, maybe a good time to lay there and think, okay, Marie said to try this four, seven, eight through your nose so that you can focus and relax. And of course, just counting. So count while you do it and and use that breathing technique to move yourself into a more relaxed state. People are also using a lot of technology to help facilitate mindfulness. So it's an interesting combination of something that we might think is not so mindful, but mindfulness apps, um, I was using Calm, recently introduced to an app called Calmcast, so C-A-L-M-C-A-S-T, that was created by uh, one of my colleagues, which is fun. And it's interesting, they say their favorite their favorite feature of Calmcast is coffee shop, where all it is is sounds like you're in a coffee shop. So if you're one of those people that before the pandemic loved to go work in a coffee shop or a co-working space, you might try the Calmcast app and put on the coffee shop feature and boom, right there you are. Get your favorite cup of coffee, get yourself some whatever it is, your your flavor, your favorite coffee and sit sit in your home coffee shop and relax the way that you were used to relaxing, connect perhaps to those sounds in the way that you were used to connecting. One of the other interesting things I found in this discussion of mental health is that uh, trauma, so post-traumatic stress, we often think of post-traumatic stress disorder, which veterans might experience, and it's a diagnosable disorder Obviously, when things are diagnosable, they have an impact on our ability to function on a normal day-to-day basis. But post-traumatic stress is is similarly challenging for people, even if they don't have the disorder. And when we experience stress and trauma consistently, repetitively, it just adds up. And boy, here at the beginning of 2021, aren't we all feeling that the ups and downs of COVID and we're, we're doing better than we're not doing better and, and the ups and downs of political unrest all across the world that create this same challenge of post-traumatic stress. And we're used to sweeping it under the rug. We're used to not recognizing it, not consciously managing it. Give yourself permission to recognize it and to find strategies to process it. I don't know if you can manage it. You know, it just, it is what it is. But if we're not recognizing it and processing it, then it is going to impact our work performance, our relationships, all of those things that are in our lives for the long haul will suffer if we don't address the stress of this year and finding ways to do that. And we all have our favorite ways to do that, right? Whether it's walking or yoga or mindfulness, meditation, journaling, connection. This is like real connection. (laughs) I was reading something today. I think it was a tweet that someone tweeted where they're, their boss asked how, how they were, and they said, fine. And the boss said, nope, try again. You're not fine. I'm not fine. None of us are fine. Start over. Find those people who can have that level of conversation with you, right? Probably not 
your boss unless you're lucky enough to have that person's boss. But who are those people that you can be real with and not complain, but just be authentic and communicate and not have to have your walls up? Because when we can find those connections, it really helps. And exercise helps me. I know that if I have not been exercising, which I (laughs) didn't for the first few months of the pandemic because we moved and I didn't have my machine in the basement and it's icy and cold. So when we don't do those things that we know we need to do, they are taking a toll on us, whether we want to admit it or not. And that has been one of our, one of my lessons from this year is those things add up when we're thinking about our physicality, sometimes they add up quite literally, right? You go to the scale and you're like, oh, that that added up. But when we don't take care of ourselves, those things add up and, and they weigh on us. And we can almost feel it physically. How are you going to take some efforts, some time, some conscious decisions to take care of yourself? So that was one of our biggest topics that fit with these topics that Edward was talking about. Um, We're going to take a short break and come back and go through a few of these really poignant pieces of information that you need to know if you're an employee, a leader, a job seeker, some great gems here from our career thought leaders. If you're interested in downloading the white paper, it will be up uh, tomorrow afternoon after our release at careerthoughtleaders.com slash white paper. And we also have our release webinar going on tomorrow, but tomorrow evening um, after our release, that will go up on careerthoughtleaders.com slash white paper, and you can get 24 pages worth of the latest from top leaders in the industry in this paper. And if you stick around after we take our break, I'll give you some of the top ones here in just a few minutes. So we'll be right back in just a few minutes. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network you know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career you can have the foresight skills and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities a strategic advantage and career expert marie Simonoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused get found and get hired Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. 
If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Hello and welcome back to The Career Confidant. So today you're going to get a sneak peek preview of some quick hit takeaways from our 2020 Career Jam. So it's the 2021 industry trends and starting with, well, we talked a little bit about mental health and uh, now we're going to circle back around to our main three topics for the event, which were emerging technology and jobs, remote work, and virtual job search. So this year was a huge upheaval in the workforce and jobs and all of the technology that we've been talking about, you know, that kind of artificial intelligence is going to take your job stuff. Fast forwarded and also shifted in ways that we didn't expect. And companies really trying to adapt to the the pandemic world and things will shift again as that changes because of course not all of those were long-term changes and, and some of them were. But the important thing that we we've talked about it before on this show is that artificial intelligence creates and destroys or eliminates jobs, if you will. But it also evolves them. So it's not necessarily that a job is being eliminated. It's that technology is changing how that job is done. And our goal as services providers for our job seekers or, or you know, my hope for you if you are a job seeker or, or working leader in the, in, in the working world is to pay attention to those shifts so that you can be the one using the technology in your new job, not the one being replaced by it. So what new skills did we see kind of take the forefront? Um, Not surprisingly, because we've been talking about it for a while, emotional intelligence, be able to lead, to be able to job search well, to perform well in your job this year required boatloads of emotional intelligence to be able to control our own reactions to the negative events and interact well with our peers over the horrible (laughs) communication medium that is email, right? And, And pick up that phone when maybe we aren't used to doing that, get on Zoom. It really challenged our communication skills. One of the things that maybe we didn't expect or couldn't have expected pre COVID is the rise of written communication skills. Right now you're emailing more and or you are, you know, writing posts on social media, trying to build your visibility, you're chatting in that office chat more, the things that you would have been doing at an in-person meeting. And people are paying attention to those written communications, not necessarily the grammar, although I do think that makes a difference. But are we able to communicate our ideas well? Are we able to participate in discussions well? And, you know, a surprising benefit perhaps of virtual networking is the opportunity to connect with people in the chat. All of these things requiring us to have better written communication skills and to work on those. We saw some 
fast forwarding in the areas of micro credentials, uh, online learning, people really trying to use that as a way to fill a gap and advance and upskill, if you will, within the areas that they're in. And then we saw some new careers coming on on the scene with people diving in and, and needing more from service workers. And that was not expected, right? We kind of expect technology to eventually eliminate some of those. But right now we saw an increase in delivery driving jobs and uh, you know warehouse types of jobs. And then with the new technology coming on, increase in digital marketing, data analytics, and some customer service engagement technology type jobs, so people that can use those technologies to improve customer engagement. And long term, you know, looking that some of that may decrease with technology taking those jobs. But if you're in that line of work, how can you evolve so that you're the one using the technology, putting it to good work to improve the outcomes for a business? We saw COVID do strange things to healthcare, right? Increasing jobs in some areas of healthcare, decreasing jobs in other areas of healthcare and what will stick there, it will be interesting to see. And of course, hospitality and travel industries taking the largest hit in, in terms of losing jobs and not having a great vision of when those jobs or how many of them will return. So technology is shifting jobs, COVID shifting jobs. At some points, those aren't going in in the same direction. And and at some points, they've accelerated because of their combined efforts. So the next remote work, and this was a challenge for people who are working to figure out how to make this work. How do I have the right technology? What about my bandwidth that I've never really had to worry about before? And now all of a sudden, you know, everybody in my whole neighborhood's on the internet and I can't use my computer the way I need to. So it's really thinking about, it's really brought some attention to how do we work remotely and how do we do that effectively with people that may not be used to um, how that how that has looked and people who've been doing it for a long time but hadn't experienced it, some of the challenges <laughs> like trying to work at home and manage family, kids, and even spouses who who were at home who didn't who weren't at home before the pandemic. Now this is the big question. Will remote stay or will it go? Most people think that there'll be some kind of hybrid. You have some companies who've really embraced remote work and said, we'll never have an office again. And you have some companies who've said, yeah, we don't think this is working for us. We're pretty sure we'll have you back in the office as soon as we can. It also brings up all of these additional challenges in terms of salary and salary differentials for geographic location. How is income tax going to work? Are people going to move to cheaper places so that they can, you know, have better living? What will all that look like long term and how does that impact your career? Do you have more opportunity to apply to remote roles now that there is more remote acceptance of remote work? Virtual job search. 
job search had been somewhat virtual for a while, right? You're applying online, lots of interviews were over the phone or some some virtual before, and then every single interview was a Zoom interview. And people really embraced that technology in a way they hadn't before, even though it was available. And everyone had to get used to that video interview. And the one-way video interview where it's all automated and I'm recording myself (laughs) on the rise and probably won't go away. And then two-way video interview where there's actually someone there asking me questions. Again, 85% of employers think that that will stay consistent after the pandemic is over. It's much cheaper. It gives me a chance to meet you. And then, of course, hopefully people will add in the in-person that they aren't able to do now. But those different skills that people had to learn, both for remote work and for virtual job search, to just have the presence on video to perform in some ways in that they hadn't had to do before, and maybe isn't even relevant to the job. But if we want to show that we can do the job, we also have to now master this skill of being on video. And career service providers jumped right in. Lots of us had been doing video and virtual and remote work before that. So thankfully, you've got you've got some experts on the other side of the line when you connect with a coach. But we've jumped in and figured out how to help people do this better. And many of you have been experimenting now with video for your own personal interactions. And I love how that helps us be more successful in work-related virtual interactions as well. So when we look forward to 2021, things probably aren't going to change as fast as we would maybe want them to. Um, COVID isn't going to go away as fast as as we would hope. And you're going to see some of these things persist and taper. Not going to change, you know, it's not going to be the snap change that it was back March, which is good for most of us, right? We, we don't love to have those immediate changes over and over again. Here on The Career Confidant, we've got some great guests lined up for the first part of this year. If you have any topics or anything you want us to address, feel free to reach out to me at marie, M-A-R-I-E, at careerthoughtleaders.com. And we look forward to seeing you right back here again next week on The Career Confidant. Thank you for listening to The Career Confidant. Marie Zimanoff will return again with another terrific guest next Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Be sure to join us then. 